Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. This is not about your body. I'm Jesse Nealon, and today I'm going to be reading a question. I have um, a Google Doc form thing where you can submit any question you want. You can submit a topic you want me to talk about or just a really specific question regarding, um, you know, body image, uh, body neutrality, sex, gender, uh, personal, professional, literally, you can ask me anything. And I keep an eye on this document and I pull content from it sometimes, either for my podcast or my YouTube channel, um, sometimes for my Instagram page. So basically, I just want to know what you want to know about. And so I'm going to include that link in the show notes. Please feel free to submit anything you want. Like nothing is too personal or too weird. Um, and if I, you know, get a chance, I will make some content responding to it. Um, so today is one of those days I'm going to answer a question on um, basically somebody is grappling with the fact that intentional weight loss never really works, which we've talked about on here before. Um, if you've ever read the book like Anti-Diet by Christy Harrison or The Fuck It Diet by Carolyn Dooner, um, these are books that really offer you a lot of research and science breaking down exactly how we know that intentional weight loss via dieting um, and exercise in the long term does not usually work to uh, have sustainable weight loss. More often, it just comes back after a certain amount of time. It certainly works in the short term. Um, but generally speaking, the weight comes back and very often more weight comes back than was originally there because the um, act of dieting and intentionally trying to lose weight tends to have so many negative effects on the person's metabolism or mental health or both. And so ultimately, like one of the <laughs> best ways that counter counterintuitively, one of the best ways to gain weight is to try to lose weight. So th this is what the research shows. And so this is one of many reasons why I am um, anti-diet myself. And for, uh, you know, my work, I take an anti-diet approach. Um, if it worked, I don't know, maybe, maybe that would be different. But when we talk about weight neutrality, we're really talking about the fact that we have to be realistic about what's possible. And for most people, intentional weight loss in a long-term sustained way is not actually going to be possible. So with that in mind, this person was just asking like to shine some light on shine some light on the idea that obesity doesn't contribute to negative health outcomes and that that's that's a really confusing topic like they they're trying to understand how it could be possible especially working in the medical field um, to understand like but isn't obesity a health crisis, you know? I mean, we've been told obviously like our entire um, culture over the last decade has been talking about this massive um, emergency level crisis that is the obesity epidemic. And so how can we understand that it's okay to be fat and fat is not a bad thing if in fact being obese or being at a certain level of fat, which is sort of what, you know, obese is coming from the BMI uh, category, which is complete garbage, but you know, it's, it's unfortunately still in use um, among medical professionals. So how can we understand that it's not actually a health crisis, that it's not actually um, the, the epidemic that we've been taught it is? Uh, and the answer to that is, you know, it's a little bit tricky to tackle in part because like this is why I recommend the the books like Anti-Diet by Carolyn Dooner and um, or sorry by um, Christy Harrison and The Fuck It Diet by Carolyn Dooner because they really back up what they are saying with an incredible amount of research which makes it really useful just to have like in your head and have in your back pocket if someone's like asking you questions you're like actually um, so I think that's a really helpful place to start if you haven't read those and you're grappling with this still <laughs> but it's a tricky thing to answer because 
the medical field is so unbelievably biased because our culture is unbelievably biased towards thinness and against fatness. So even the research that we see is often incredibly biased research. And so you can find studies and research backing up the idea that being fat is a problem and, you know, a health crisis. And you can find it backing up that that is not true, right? Like, because research is biased. And a lot of times that research is being done or funded by um, people who have a really big investment in us thinking that being fat is a health crisis because it's like pharmaceutical companies and other medical institutions uh, who benefit from treating uh, fatness as a medical problem. So with all that in mind, you know, you can absolutely read a book and you're like, oh my God, being fat is so bad for you. And, you know, maybe all that research is true, but how the research was done, how it was interpreted and how it's being shared in a book, like there is so much bias in that. And the anti-fat bias is the cultural standard. The default is fat is bad and thin is good. So it's tricky. But I will say that one of the, the most important and clarifying things you can do is just simply to separate um, a person's behaviors, habits, and um, choices from their body size. This is the, the best, cleanest way I can explain this is you can have a health crisis and be fat and you can have a health crisis and be thin. You can, um, you know, but that tells us right there, right? Like there's a correlation perhaps between fat folks and certain health crises, you know, like high cholesterol or blood pressure or whatever. But we also know that a person who is in a very large body can have perfectly fine blood work. And that's how we know that they are not causation. Uh, they are correlation, which means they, they often fly together, but one does not cause the other. Um, so what is the thing causing it? That's sort of the question. But if you separate a person's behaviors from their body size, you can immediately start seeing some very um, much more useful information. For example, a person who is in a very large body but exercises and eats nutritiously and is happy and has low stress and sleeps well, like that person is very likely to have some pretty good blood work, right? Like those are things, those activities and, and behaviors are likely to lead to a healthy body. So they can be in a large body and healthy. And uh, likewise, a person who is in a large body and super sedentary, who, you know, eats uh, binges or, or eats junk food all the time or fast food or whatever, drinks all the soda, like whatever the stereotype is for this like totally unhealthy fat person, also possible. But it's not that they are unhealthy because they're fat. It's they're unhealthy because their behaviors are unhealthy. And the fat person who's healthy is healthy because their behaviors are healthy. So if we can just immediately start separating body size from behaviors, we're on the right path. Because then you might say uh, a person who is in a very large body and in a health crisis does not need to actually lose weight necessarily to heal their health crisis. They might, however, need to change some some habits, right? Like if they're sedentary, they might need to start getting out for walks. If they're super stressed, they might need to adopt um, a meditation habit or get into therapy or, you know, tackle whatever stressors are in front of them in a different way. Um, if they are 
eating all the sugar all the time, they might need to explore what that means, why that is, and what it would look like for them to eat differently, right? Not to diet, not to lose weight, just to explore what their habits are and how they can become more health promoting. And if a person does that, even if they lose no weight, they are very likely to improve their health because our health is, generally speaking, um, I mean, obviously there are, there are so many components to health. I can't even like say that it's the result of, but it's certainly very informed by our behaviors. So with that in mind, all this applies to thin people too. And we kind of know that, but like we ignore the fact that we know that when it comes to people in fat bodies. So a very thin person could have very bad blood work, you know, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, uh, whatever it is, like they could have lots of health issues that come from unhealthy behaviors. Maybe they're sedentary, they smoke cigarettes, they drink too much, um, they're super stressed, they they don't sleep well, whatever is going on for them, they, they have behaviors and, uh, you know, habits and patterns that lead to poor health outcomes. So they're thin and unhealthy. Now, they might be thin only because of metabolism, genetics, you know, whatever, or maybe they have an eating disorder, right? Or maybe they're um, sick or on certain medication that keeps them from having an appetite. Like they could be thin for any number of reasons. And again, that is unrelated to their health. They're unhealthy because of their, their behaviors, right? Their, their lifestyle patterns, et cetera. Likewise, a very thin person can be incredibly healthy. But it's not because they're thin that they're healthy. It's because of the patterns of behaviors that we would see in their life leading to um, being an incredibly healthy person, right? So with all that in mind, we can just say it's correlation, not causation. Even though uh, the way that it's talked about, fatness is often um, pinned or sort of framed as the cause of unhealthiness. And that's garbage. That's complete nonsense. It is often together... Because, as we know, some of these uh, lifestyle-type behaviors, like being sedentary and eating a bunch of junk food and stuff, like that stuff often leads to two separate issues, right? Like, well, not even issues, just two, two separate outcomes are correlated with that, which is one is the person is likely to have worse health, and two is they are likely to gain weight. So even though these things happen to often come together, one is not the cause of the other. They are both the cause of something else. And this doesn't even take into account yet the idea of um, genetic diversity, body size diversity. Like we're totally cool with the fact that a person can be like four foot eight or six foot ten, you know, but like we think weight diversity isn't real and, and is a myth and shouldn't exist. That's that's ridiculous. That's completely ridiculous. So body diversity, genetics, you know, sort of set point metabolisms, all these things um, inform how a person's body will respond to certain habits. So like you might be the healthiest person in the world and still be in a larger body because you, that's just, that's you, that's body diversity. Or you might be in a larger body and do all this healthy stuff and not be able to lose weight because you tanked your metabolism a long time ago by trying to diet for, you know, decades, right? So there's a lot of things that can come into play here. But what we need to understand first and foremost is just that they are separate. Body size and health are separate. If you can just hold on to that, you're going to be okay. Um, if you, if you want to go deeper into this, then we can talk about things like really specifically um, how damaging and dangerous it is to pursue weight loss in order to try to get healthier both because we know intentional weight loss has this sort of backlash, metabolically damaging effect and psychologically damaging effect on a lot of people. 
Um, and also because there is a, I think there's just a way in which when you're trying to, uh, when you're measuring success by weight loss, you totally miss out on all of the motivating success, self-worth boosters, you know, the wins of getting healthier. And so it actually makes it super unmotivating. Um, so for example, if you're waiting to lose 20 pounds in order to feel like successful, like you're healthier now, no matter how good your blood work gets, no matter how much more energy you have, no matter how better your sex life or your sleep is, like none of those will feel like wins because you're just looking for the weight to change, which makes this whole thing, this whole attempt to get healthier, um, pretty, pretty, unfun, you know, really demotivating. Um, and because weight loss itself is so difficult and it's unrelated, you know, it's like you can be pursuing weight loss and pursuing healthy habits. Um, that, that is often just going to like completely take over any of the pride you feel in having cooked multiple, you know, um, healthier meals for yourself that week or having gone on the walks that you said you would go on or whatever. Like, instead of feeling really good about the fact that you're like, wow, yeah, I've been feeling a little bit lighter in the morning, like energetically, you know, more energized and happier. Um, you're like, what did I weigh in the morning? You know, it completely tanks the natural um, motivating force that is uh, working to improve something and seeing results. Because if you're working to improve your health and you're seeing results in all these other ways that we can see health improve, that's incredible. You know, like what a wonderful feeling. I said I was going to do these things. I did them. And now I'm being rewarded by having like, um, you know, better mood, better sleep, better sex, better uh, whatever bowel movements. You know, like there's so many things that can be improved in your overall health that are all health, better mental health. And you just miss them because you're so focused on trying to lose weight that you you just that's it. It becomes the focus. And it's hard to do. And often it goes completely against the health promoting behaviors in the first place. Because like a health promoting behavior might be, you know, eating like a hearty meal with um, lots of good fats and veggies and all this stuff. And a, um, a weight loss promoting meal might be like diet crackers and low fat cheese and carrots and celery. And like, that's bad for you for a lot of reasons, right? Like you're going to end up starving. You're going to end up feeling deprived. You're going to, you definitely didn't get any of the nutrients of the the health promoting meal because uh, you're eating these like diet crackers. And ultimately you're probably going to feel like garbage. And so if your goal was to feel better, this is counterproductive. Most diets make people feel bad, like physically and emotionally and psychologically bad. Whereas you can eat to promote your health in ways that feel really, really good and will make you happier and more energized and have better digestion, et cetera. So it's really important that we see not only are these not compatible often, they are directly in conflict, these two goals to get healthier and to lose weight. But most people are trying to do both or to do one by doing the other. So they're trying to um, get healthier by losing weight. And frankly, that just, it's so backwards. It doesn't work. And it leads to this really shamey, heavy feeling of like, I'm a failure. Um, I can't do anything right. I'm, I feel guilty that I can't get my health. Why don't I prioritize my health when really it's like, why can't I avoid eating a normal amount of food <laughs> when I'm hungry? It's like... I can't restrict food, therefore I'm bad and, and shameful and guilty. And actually, if your goal was health, you wouldn't be trying to restrict food, you'd be trying to fuel yourself, you know? So this is the big, big thing 
I think to understand is once you separate them, you can immediately see that often health promoting behaviors and weight loss promoting behaviors are completely separate and often in conflict directly. Um, and you can totally pursue one or the other separately, but most people are trying to pursue them as if they're the same thing or as if by losing weight, their health will automatically improve. And that is just not true. You know, you could eat diet crackers for for six months and lose a shit ton of weight and your health will have gone down significantly, right? Like all kinds of stuff would have fallen apart in your body in that time. Uh, whereas you could eat really incredibly, you know, health promoting meals for six months and feel really good in a lot of ways, but not have lost a single pound. So that's what I think the big, uh, the big thing to, to sort of understand is how separate these are and how anti- um, productive it really is to be focused on the weight part, the body size part, instead of the health part. Now, if you're somebody who's in a larger body because you have unhealthy habits, then probably when you change your habits to become more health promoting, you you may see weight loss, right? Like that's totally likely. But I think focusing on it, like I'm trying to lose weight, is so different than allowing weight loss to be a natural and organic side effect of I'm trying to get healthier. So Again, like if your natural sort of um, your metabolic set point is lower than where you are now and you happen to be at a higher weight because of certain stressors in your life, certain changes, um, you know, maybe you stopped moving during the pandemic or you got so overwhelmed emotionally that you um, started comfort eating in a way that you didn't used to. Um, and now you're like, oh, okay, I'm in therapy. I'm back in the world. I'm like, you know, getting much more social support. So I'm going back to those those old behaviors that felt good to me before. Well, yeah, weight loss might naturally be the result. And that's great. That's fine. But I think most people are not able to see it that way because of the anti-fat bias, because of how intensely we associate thinness with goodness and fatness with badness. They're like, I got to lose this pandemic weight. They're not saying... I really just want to feel good. You know, I want to be healthier. So when we look at that kind of thing, it totally screws with people's heads. Um, but also it's possible that a person could gain weight having nothing to do with their behaviors, right? Like maybe they went on a life-saving medication or maybe maybe their behaviors changed, but they're not about to change back. You know, like maybe um, the stressors that entered your life when you started to gain weight are still there. So you, you really don't get to just go back to the pre-stress life. Maybe maybe you start looking at some, you know, management techniques that are different and that's great, but like it's also totally possible that the world right now is super freaking stressful and if you don't have the coping tools or skills or support resources that you need, then comfort eating is just going to like be a part of your life for a while and that's okay. So even if um, people who gained weight and think to themselves, oh, I'm going to go back to my old habits and lose weight or whatever. Um, sometimes it wasn't the habits that changed things. Sometimes it wasn't something that you can return to. And so again, focusing on body size there instead of what would it take for me to feel better um, or what would health look like for me right now is just a huge um, disservice to anybody and everybody really. Um, everybody is better off, like no matter your body size and no matter your, your health situation, everybody is better off by holding these two pieces of information as completely separate and unrelated. And that way, if weight matters to you, by all means, hold it as its own thing, but like don't let it get all tangled with the behaviors and um, habits and patterns that are connected to your health and your understanding of what it would take to feel good or feel better in your body. 
So I hope that that is helpful. Um, I do recommend those books if you want to hear more about, you know, basically why why these two things are so separate. They're really um, they're really well resourced. And uh, even if you just wanted like a super simple resource and didn't want to read a whole book, there's a book uh, or sorry, there's an article. I think it's the New York Times from years ago, but it's called Why Everything You Thought You Knew About Obesity is Wrong. And it's worth just Googling that because you will find um, you'll find the article. And, and it's just basically like a little bit of a 101 about how the fat bias uh, sort of impacts um, how everybody has been understanding obesity. And by the way, obesity is a complete garbage word that was made up by uh, the people who, again, are invested in in um, medicalizing fatness uh, for their own financial gain and uh, the BMI, sort of using different categories in the BMI to medicalize a certain kind or a certain amount of fatness, um, which is all just garbage and frankly offensive to me. So I use it here because it was in the question and because it's it's part of our language, but not because I believe that this word is valid. It's not. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of research there. It's really interesting. I think it's really important. And you just have to acknowledge, like, you have this bias too. You know, we all do. Until you dismantle it actively and intentionally and probably for a long time, it lives in you. That doesn't make you a bad person. It just means, you know, you were human and this is our culture. And like, that's how being a person works. You internalize the biases you see. And this is a huge one. Um, it's also worth mentioning, just the, as a little last thought here, um, people who experience stigma have worse health outcomes. So this is some really brilliant research that is showing us that people who are uh, stigmatized or marginalized, are they, they are by a landslide going to have worse health there are a lot of reasons for this. All super interesting. Uh, a lot of them are explored in the book Anti-Diet. But uh, just knowing that also really informs, I think it needs to inform our understanding of fatness and health. Because if fat people in a fat phobic society are being treated with stigma and marginalization, then their health will be worse. Does that mean their health uh, outcomes are the result of their fatness? Absolutely fucking not. It is a result of fat phobia. It is the result of the anti-fat bias. It is the result of systemic oppression against fat, fatness and fat people. That, in those cases, is the cause of negative health outcomes, not their weight. So this is pretty new research, but it's like really, really important to understand that um, some of the correlation, at least, between fat people and worse health may, in fact, just be that they are like living a much more stressful life because being fat in a fat phobic world brings certain um, stressors that everybody else isn't facing. And those stressors lead to worse health outcomes. Um, and that is huge. So that's just the last thing I want to say about that. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. I am happy to have you here. Please submit any questions or topics you want using the form in my show notes. I love to hear from people and what you know, whatever's on your mind, whatever's like interesting to you right now or confusing to you. Um, I'm happy to hear about it. Uh, and then also if you wanted to support me on Patreon or, you know, tip me for the content, free content that you really liked or found value in or whatever, um, you can do that on, 
uh, buymeacoffee.com. So both of those links will also be in my show notes. And just so that you know, I am very, very grateful to everybody who uh, supports my free content because I love doing it. But um, yeah, this is, uh, I make this because I love it and I want to connect with you. So um, thank you so much to everybody who supports me there. And uh, that is it. Thank you for listening and I will catch you next week.